I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Today is Thursday, September 15th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 478 featuring the Boston Globe's Gary Washburn is powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. New edition of Celtics Beat, mid-September coming at you, which means summer is ending. It's a, it's Kids are back to school. Vacations are ending. Our guy, Gary Washburn, joining the program. Adam Kaufman, Evan Valenti. Gary here is, well, he's joining us from vacation because he is so dedicated to this program and to all things CLNS. He's part of the A-List podcast. Make sure you check him out there, as I'm sure you already do. And, of course, longtime fixture of the Boston Globe. Gary, good to see you. Great to be here. It's great sure. to have you here with us. We we appreciate it. You know, I was looking back at, uh, you know, I like to occasionally check out our, uh, our, our, our past shows and, you know, not bug you guys too often is really what it comes down to because, you know, for the people that out there, you know, don't know, you are incredibly generous with your time with us. And so if I was just, you know, reaching out to you on a weekly basis, I would feel like a jerk. So I, I like to spread it out a little bit. I didn't realize you hadn't been on the show with us since April, though. A lot's happened since we last spoke. Yes, lots happened. The finals run, yeah, all that. Yeah. Yep. And obviously a busy off season as well. So it's good to have you here with us. And, uh, you know, we are rapidly approaching, obviously, the start of training camp. Preseason is 17 days away. The seas have been, uh, very kind of quietly making some moves with, uh, you know, it, earlier it was Brian Robb. He reported yet Justin Jackson, Denzel Valentine officially joining the training camp roster, which leaves, I believe, one spot, brings them to 19 at this point. So uh, at this point in time to replace Danilo Gallinari, Gary, is it going to be one of us? I mean, who's who's going to fill out this spot? Well, I think it's interesting. Um, I don't think they're going to do Carmelo Anthony. They're gonna, I think if they want him, they would have signed. I think it would have happened already. So they're either A, feeling like, they can get him when they want. So they're going to let some of the other younger guys see what happens in training camp, maybe sign him during training camp. If they feel like there's a need uh, or two, they're just not interested in bringing him in. Um, I think that, that they have a chance. I, I think these young guys, you know, um, Denzel Valentine, Bruno Cabloclo, uh, Mofondu, uh and Justin Jackson are all going to compete, you know, for those final spot probably one of them uh for i know mafundo is already on the two-way so i think they're gonna have to figure out whether jd davidson will fill the other two-way spot or whether he makes the roster outright uh, i think they'll be fascinating to see him and kind of peyton go at it because i think jd is going to make a real bid to make the regular roster i think he's like <laughs> you know what you can do with your two-way i'm gonna make this team and the question is who are the other guys that will compete? I like Justin Jackson. He just has to bring what he did in summer league to 
regular games. I, I think he's kind of been a guy who's bounced around, uh, was a first-round pick. I want to say first-round pick. Uh, always get him and Cameron Johnson from the Suns mixed up. Uh, they came around around the same time. Mm-hmm. But uh, right now I think they're going to go internal. And I said, do you, I think Sam Hauser can fill the, the Gallinari role? Uh, I'm a little skeptical of that, but we'll see. I think they need another veteran. I just, I just think they need another 30 plus year old guy who knows how to play the game and then can fill a role and wants to play in a championship team and is not going to bitch and moan for more minutes or make a stir because he's not, he had a DNP for a game or two. I think they need that. But if you, you know, if they think that Sam Hauser and, you know, some of those guys can fill that, I'm skeptical. One thing that we had talked about, Gary, last week with uh, Brian Barrett, and obviously, uh, you know, Evan and I and and Brian as well, and and your guy, Sherrod, also, there's, there's accused bias. There's a level of Syracuse bias in wanting to bring in Carmelo Anthony. I know you have been talking that up. Uh, plenty, whether, you know, obviously in print He's or my on 2013 MVP. That's right. I, rem- I remember that. Are, are you yeah, still catching, still, catching heat oh, for that? I, yeah, I still catch hell for that. Yeah. <laughs> but go I, think ahead. I had you on my old Celtics radio show talking about yeah, that. At that's, the time. that's perfectly fine. That's but, a, yeah. look, and, 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 you know, you could, you could quibble, you could debate how deserving that was. Yeah. Some people obviously out there like to, but we're talking about a different mellow now versus then we don't need to, we've been having the mellow conversation for weeks. I'm sure on your pod, you've been having it for weeks. People have heard it. It's a little tired. We don't need to do it all over again. But one thing we started to get into with Brian a little bit last week is, is my belief and, and we won't rehash this whole thing, but I want your perspective. My belief that for those out there, and there were plenty that didn't believe bringing in Gallo in the first place was that big a deal. But obviously, Brad Stevens, ownership, they thought it was noteworthy to to bring him in specifically. And, and if not him, to bring in a guy that does what he does. And a vet, to your point, who knows his role and is going to come in and fill it and give you a little bit of length and size and instant offense off the bench and all of that stuff. If it was so important to bring in a guy like that then... Now you don't have them potentially for the entire year or at least much of the year leading into the postseason. How important now is it, you know, how much of an onus is there on ownership to go out and replace that guy? Do you have to do it in order to, you know, sort of be true to yourselves for lack of a better way of putting it? Yeah, I, I believe so. I think that, I mean, if you look at the guys who are out there available, Carmelo Anthony's the best kind of person that could fill that role. Now he's 38, but he played 26 minutes a game last year. He played 69 games of the 82 last year on a team that had was chaotic. You know, mm-hmm. last year's Lakers team, he averaged 13 points a game. Um, he shot 38% from three. So this is a guy who has shown, you know, after getting kind of banished from the league for about a year and a half, he's maintained good condition. He can play at a high level and he can play more than 20 minutes. Um, now he's 38, but 38 is not 38 of our father's 38, you know, 38 <laughs> now, and if you keep yourself in good shape and you're lucky of not to have, luckily not to have, you know, those, uh, knee replacement, you know, like, uh, you know, the micro fractures and, and back injuries and stuff, you can play in the NBA until you you're pushing 40 Jamal Crawford did, you know, there's guys who can do it and avoid major injury and still be productive. Now, you know, Vince Carter. So I think that they need to add, like to say Sam Hauser is going to do that. Well, damn it. You should have just said that before and not signed Gallo. 
or save the money or did something else. Obviously, you felt a need felt a need for a guy who could be six eleven or six nine, which Melo's six nine, Gallo's six ten, six eleven, who can play that four position, post up, cause some matchup problems, hit the three. Gallo's not stopping anybody defensively, right? So you're not, whoa, you know, Gallo's a better defensive. No, he's not a better defensive player than Melo. So let's throw that out. So to me, it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for them to, to just like, hey, we're just going to stick Sam Hauser. Um, but I do think they need a veteran. I do think that they need a guy with that skill set. And I think his resume has shown, in my opinion, that he still can play at a high level. If you look at the last couple of years, 13, 14, 15 points a game, his two years in Portland were very good. Mm-hmm. And I said last year he played on a team that had nothing but drama, you know, and he he maintained, he didn't get caught up in any of it. He was probably the better, best performing newcomer over Dwight Howard and Russell Westbrook. Kendrick Nunn never played a minute. Like all these guys, Kent Baysmore that they brought in, he was he performed the best out of all those guys. So uh, you know, DeAndre Jordan was on that list too. Like, so if I'm the Celtics, I take a look now. I don't know what, if someone, if it's Brad or someone or emails like, no, I don't bring that dude in. I don't know. You know, you know who's is someone just say, no, not, not, not at all. Because the, the, the unfortunate part about Gallo's injury is he got hurt late in the summer. So free agency's yeah. damn near done. There's a bunch of minimum guys. Everybody that you look at that's available has kind of a, well, you want to bring in Dwight Howard as a third big? Well, DeMarcus Cousins? Well, uh, you want to bring some of these guys in? There's going to be a, eh, I don't know. There's no guy with a clean resume out there. There just isn't. So do you take a chance on a minimum deal with Melo or someone else? Or do you try to keep it trucking and you feel like you can find somebody or you know, who knows? Maybe Noah Vonley goes nuts in camp and, like, claims one of those spots. Maybe nice. Sam Hauser turns into Joe Harris or turns into this, you know, just ultra, you know, uber-productive player. But I think that's asking a lot. So, Ev, you know, I – obviously, I agree with everything Gary was just talking about. My my thing and, – and we may never get an answer to this, but sort of going off of what Gary was just saying – if Brad doesn't want Mello or Emay doesn't want Mello or, you know, something like, fine. Yeah, I, I can live with that. What what I don't want is ownership. And I'm not saying this is the case. I'm just painting the picture. I don't want ownership saying, no, you can't have him. If in fact they do want him, you know, I, I don't want that to get in the way that little bit. And it's more than a little bit, you know, we've talked about it in the past $16 million or whatever it would be to bring in a guy like Mello. But if, you know, I, I just don't want the spend to get in the way of, of bringing in a, a quality player, seemingly a quality player at this stage that could help elevate you that little bit more during the regular season. And, and most importantly, give your key guys who you're going to need for deep playoff runs, a breather, a break. Yeah. And I'm, I'm with you. I, I viewed the Gallo thing as kind of a big deal. Um, I was kind of the table after the season was done, after the finals was done for just more scoring off the bench to help Jalen and Jason because those two guys carried a burden that they just weren't ready for. And if you gave them a little help, it would, it would go a long way. I didn't imagine Malcolm Brogdon coming. So when Gallo comes aboard, I get really excited. Brogdon is just, you know, if you can stay healthy, a much better player on both ends of the floor. So um, I believe they still need that scoring punch. I, I think you're really playing with fire here um, to ask Tatum and Brown to do all this for you all over again. 
Um, and I think Mello provides you a little different type of scoring than Gallo does. I mean, Gallo as, as a wide open three point shooter is incredibly efficient. Um, but I think Mello does a little bit more as uh, off the dribble in terms of trying to get to the basket or scoring off the dribble than I think Gallo does, at least in my memory. That's the way it feels. Um, and I, I in stats, I, I'm not totally positive that'll back that up, but in my memory of watching those two guys recently, you know, Mello has always been a one-on-one isolation score, um, has gotten as, as better over the course of his years, become a better three-point shooter. He's a better rebounder. Um, and that second jump of Mello's has always been something I think has been really underrated as, you know, part of his career. Um, and I just like the fact that he's kind of been there, done that in terms of a guy who's been the number one of a bunch of different teams who can help Jalen and help Jason, you know, move forward with their careers. I mean, I, I think it's a huge thing to, personally to me that, Mello has been in um, some areas, mainly New York, that have been tough on him in the media. And as this team progresses, as Jalen and Jason get older, the media scrutiny is only going to be harder to, to get through. I mean, we've already seen it this offseason with all the speculation of trading Jalen to, to Brooklyn to get Kevin Durant. You know, nobody's going to understand battling the media a tough one at that than Carmelo Anthony dealing with the New York media than when he was in New York, um, in national media for that matter. So. I think bringing in Mello is is kind of a no-brainer. I kind of see what Gary's thinking in terms of maybe the front office and the coaching staff saying, like, you know, before we do that, let's just see if somebody else on this roster, whether it be Noah Vonley or whether it be a Sam Hauser or whoever, if someone on this roster can give us what, what Gallo is going to give us. And I think they're just looking to, to, to look under every stone before they move to that direction. And if you're Carmelo Anthony, what is is there really any hurry to sign a contract right now if you're Carmelo Anthony? Um, you know, that spot's going to be there probably in a couple of weeks anyway. So you might as well, you know, sit back and keep in conditioning. Cause you know, Gary said, if you can stay in shape and, um, you know, be ready, you know, there'll be a team that'll come calling eventually. I think Mello will have a suitor at some point, whether it's Boston or somebody else we'll see. I, I think this particular case is getting a little like, I think, uh, mixed up with like buyout candidates. With the exception of PJ Brown, we talked about this, Adam, like buyout candidates, like don't really matter that much. I mean, look at Brooklyn the past couple of years with the guys they brought in uh, as buyout guys and them haven't really done anything. So, um, I think adding Mello is a great idea if you thought that Gallo was important, which I did. So I, I think as we look forward here at some point, um, this particular roster spot, you know, we're not going to talk about nearly as much. That's the only thing. It's like we're every conversation, Gary, over the past couple of months, has been just agonizing over this one roster spot, which is like number 14 on the roster. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Are we making too much of a deal out of this last roster spot when we saw in the NBA playoffs, especially with Boston, like they're going to play eight guys, like the 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 ninth and tenth, eleventh, twelfth. None of those guys really matter. They're going to play eight or nine guys, and that's it. But that's the problem. Like, I mean, I, to me, they you got to learn from what Golden State did. I mean, Golden State pulled out Gary Payton Jr., Jordan Poole, uh, got minutes. Uh, 
Belichia played during the finals. Like Golden State went like 10 or 11 deep and they beat the Celtics with depth. They didn't even play Kaminga and Moody. That was a crazy part. Like they had two lottery picks on their bench. They didn't think quite was ready. And they sat those guys and they played Iguodala. Like the Warriors, you know, just like hammered the Celtics with depth. And you've got to, to me, like, and I said this on other podcasts, like, this is the year, right? This is mm-hmm. this is what you've been like. What did Parcells say? It's why you've been lifting all those weights. Like mm-hmm. this is why you literally prepare, like Wick and Wick and, and Pags bought the team, obviously to win in 08. But this is the year because you cannot bank on 2023, 24. You don't know what's going to happen. You have a healthy Al Horford in the final year of his deal. You have. Jason and Jalen entering camp healthy, hopefully for Jason. Um, you've got Marcus Smart. You've got now Malcolm Brogdon. You have Derek White. You have Peyton Pr- Like, you have a Rob Rose. Williams. Uh, Rob Williams. Hopefully he's in, been in bubble wrap all summer, so he's ready to go. He's strengthened himself a little bit so he doesn't get so injured. Like, this is the year. This is the year you go deep into the luxury tax and pay out your butt and luxury tax fees because you're trying to win a chip. Look at what the Golden State Warriors spent, right? And I'm not saying the Warriors are the model franchise, and they taught you how to win. You win with depth. You don't get your guys too damn tired. You don't wear your guys out. You don't rely too much on one or two guys. And so if Melo doesn't work, you release him. Do you eat the money? Yes, unfortunately you do. But that's why you raised season ticket prices. That's why you charge you know, $18 for a damn beer at the garden. To me, like, this is why you do this. Development time is over. As I said before on another podcast, you develop Brown, you develop Tatum, you develop Grant Williams, you develop Robert Williams, you develop Pritchard. Okay, five guys you've essentially drafted and developed. Which more, how many more do you want to develop before you really make a run at? Hauser, like, Make a run at this. If it doesn't work, you release them. That's what teams like Brooklyn, I'm not saying I'm going to be like Brooklyn. Brooklyn's a mess. But those guys, if it doesn't work, don't play them. And I think like Evan said, you could be a positive influence on Tatum. Mm -hmm. Like you don't think Melo could be a positive influence on Tatum. You don't think Tatum looked up to Melo as a kid? He did. I mean, give me a break. You don't think he could be a positive influence? You think Melo is so delusional? He's going to be like, man, I need, hey, E-Man, man, I, mean, I need 30 minutes a game, bro. Like, what's up? Like, do you think shots. this is going to happen? He's 38. Yeah. Melo wants to win a championship. That's the only thing he hasn't done. I mean, in <laughs> podcast, it was a miracle, a miracle <laughs> that he led Syracuse to the. Watch <laughs> it. Watch <laughs> it. Watch it. You bite your tongue. <laughs> and I said, I. I can, the only other starter on that team I could name is Hakeem Ward, who I thought, guys, would be a great pro. Me too. He was my him. favorite. Despite oh, Melo, he was my favorite player oh, on that team. Hakeem Ward fan train, and he, gosh, I'm so disappointed he didn't turn into like a, a 12-year pro, right? Yeah. But the only thing that Melo needs to complete his resume is a championship. So any of the guys out there, you would think, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, all these veterans, okay? I'm not talking about they should get DeMarcus Cousins. They're going to fall in because they're playing for their livelihoods in the damn league. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas fighting for his livelihood in the league. You you get, you got to adjust or you will be Allen Iverson. 
you will be nudged out as you plus 30, you're not as healthy anymore. The legal, ah, there's your time. Your time is up. So you can, if Melo wants to play, he's going to have to fall in. Where, unless he's going to go to, you know, freaking Washington, not Washington, but, you know, uh, Houston or go somewhere. That's a bad example because he was just in Houston. But one of these bad <laughs> go to Utah or go yeah. to Indiana or something and play and just ball out because he wants to put up numbers. What does that do for him? He's already a Hall of Famer. This yes, he's going to the Hall of Fame first yeah. ballot. Like, yeah. what, There's nothing to add to the legacy other than the title. Complain. You can write me and complain that he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Damn it, if Manu Ginobili got in. and How is Melo not a first ballot Hall of Famer? This no, is let's, and look, and we, don't even, we don't even have in. this conversation Melo's because, of course, in. yeah, I mean, Melo's he, he does ballot. No, also don't forget, like, the, the it's not like the NBA Hall of Fame. It's the Basketball it's a, yes. Hall of Fame. So it the is Syracuse a, stuff counts. Yeah. The Olympics. That for, that's a good mark for his resume. Yeah. Like, he will take a limo. He'll get a limo ride to Springfield. So he's got to fall in. The only thing he's left is winning the championship. He sees LeBron winning four, Wade winning two, or sorry, Wayne winning three, Bosch winning two, all his contemporaries he was drafted with, winning chips. He hasn't won one. So yep. to me, I don't understand the Celtics thinking in terms of, oh, we don't need that guy. You need a veteran. That's why Miami keeps bringing back Udonis Haslam for the 23rd year. You're like, because he's a leader. Yeah. Well, who's, guys, question, who's the leader of this team? We talk about this all the time. We want it to be Tatum, yeah. but it seems to be smart. Yeah, I, I don't think you have a clear cut. Like it's definitely Who's that guy. You get, Who's you the get guy? The, yeah, you get the lead by example guys. You get you know the quiet leaders. You get the these guys are more vocal just in the locker room, but not on the court. It's yeah, they're they have a, I do think they have a bunch of guys who could be or maybe sure. are in their own way leaders. But you don't have that that face of the team leader other okay. than Marcus Smart. You no, know, could be a leader, but you need a guy who could stabilize the end of the bench, who could tell guys, hey man. This is how you do it or play three on three with the young guys after practice. Like just be a presence where guys could be like, man, when I was early in the league, this guy really helped me as opposed to like, well, every player, like we're just going to develop, you know, you're going to bring Luke Cornette. Like that's, he's going to have a bigger impact than a, a mellow. Like Luke Cornette's going to play the third center. Like, I don't understand some of the thinking there. And I'm not, you know, like, hey, I like Melo. Melo's done nothing personally for me. He ain't giving me no pair of his, his new kicks. Nothing. <laughs> there's been nothing he's done for me to be like. But I just think for now, and I've said that, that they could have signed him a couple years ago. He is someone, I, they need scoring. They, like, mm-hmm. they need a younger version of like a Jamal Crawford. But Jamal's 42 years old now. Okay, it ain't happening. They need Isaiah in his prime or Isaiah who could get buckets. Isaiah is not that guy anymore. So this is the closest thing that you have, as Evan said, to Gallo. Mm -hmm. He's not going to defend. He'll try. I think in Emei's system, it's just like Donovan Mitchell going to Cleveland. Donovan Mitchell is going to have to try to defend now. He's under a new coach who's going to be like, no, dude, you got to defend. You got too much guys to take pride in defense around you for you to be doing Olay and doing, you know, matador defense. So you best believe 
Mitchell will improve as a defender. So you don't think Melo's going to try defensively? He's going to fall in and, and do little things that help out the team, make, take a charge. Like, to me, that's what you want. So I don't understand the, the system guys in terms of trying to just either A, depend on guys that haven't done it before. Hauser hasn't done it before. This, mm-hmm. You're going for a championship. You're not going for all development team. This is not the G League. Like, you need guys that have done it before. And if they don't do it, you either release them, you need a roster spot, you keep them on. That's what I thought last year, honestly, is people like, it's the camp Joe Johnson. I'm he with you on this. I love Joe Johnson. That was he great. Been, he would have been as a 15th man over freaking Jawan Morgan. Like, <laughs> are you serious? Hey, or Malik Fitz was killing it on the sidelines with some celebrations. Yeah, so I'll, I'll keep Fitz, him. What good, the only thing th- those guys did was fill they were they were bodies to trade to Indiana for Brogdon. Other than that, they serve zero purpose in Boston. You don't think Joe would have pulled Jalen and Jason aside and t- showed them how to be pro- better pros? Mm-hmm. I don't get. I don't. I, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. Like I'm, I'm not saying, oh, Joe can't get your buckets anymore. That's what the fifteenth man is for. Like to me, like, extra if coach. Yeah, extra if he coach. accepts the role, like, hey, yeah. Joe. There's going to be games you don't play. You can't get upset or, you know, you can you can be kind of a de facto coach. If he's good with that, the same with Melo. Like, but to me, we'll have to see. Maybe they're planning something sneaky. Maybe there's a guy overseas, a, a guy that, hey, shut up. We're going to bring this guy in after he finishes Eurobasket. And yeah. he's going to be the guy, but we're, we ain't saying we're, we're telling them we're, we're, we're Luke Cornett and Sam House are, are our guys right now, but just maybe that's it. Well, I, to your point, I'm just looking at this. How many total games? Wait, how many years is this? Hang on. How many total games do you think Udonis Haslam has played in over the last one, two, three, four, five, six total seasons, Gary? Since he was 36 years old, he's 41 now. 80. Like, he's played probably a season of that. I'm going lower. 58. Wow. 58 total games over the last six years for a guy who's just, a, to Evan's point, a, a really well-paid member of the coaching staff sitting on the bench. It, you yeah, know, that's... And, they've, and they've cleaned up their coaching staff. And I'm like, Gary's yeah. been on this longer than anybody, but he was adamant about having former yeah. players on the staff. Yeah. And, I mean, Adam I and I rejoiced when – yeah, Damon's bringing Damon Sotomayor back was just or aboard, I should say. But back to the NBA, I thought was just absolutely brilliant. Considering a the guards they have, but b just like a, a really great, tough veteran presence. I, he did a really good job with Pacific, but I mean, like just having a guy that's been there, done that in the league before. I mean, Ime, you know, former player, but had to really fight to stay on some rosters. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 it brings a lot of value and toughness. Like th- this team, because of Ime, was significantly tougher last year. And I questioned it. Adam, you questioned it. Gary, mm-hmm. I'm sure you questioned it. Some of the stuff that he was doing with his team in the media. But you have to at least acknowledge the fact that that stuff worked. Like that, this team was maybe some a little soft to start the season, but you know, it, but by the time we got to February, it was like, this team's a juggernaut. This team's rolling along. They're steamrolling teams. And instead of keep, like letting teams hang around, they're blowing teams out all four quarters of the game. So, you know, 
maybe bringing another guy in like that. And it doesn't have to be Joe Johnson or Carmelo, but like just a guy who's just been around and knows the ins and outs and the small things. And it may not be for Tatum and, and Brown. Like maybe those two guys aren't the two guys you're bringing, you know, Carmelo in for. I think there's value there for those two guys, but maybe it's not for those two guys. And it's definitely not for Al because Al's been around the block a few times. But maybe it's for Rob or maybe it's for Grant. Like as much as we're talking about Grant never shutting up, maybe somebody, maybe someone like me, I was like, Grant, you really just, you just kind of chill out for a little bit. I don't, I don't know, what, but where I'm sorry to cut you off. Where, no, I think go ahead. Taking, where I think we're taking this a little too far because I like all the stuff that we talked about with the bench and bringing in a guy like Stoudemire and like we can have our fun talking about Haslam for sure or Joe Johnson. But I, where this goes a little too far for me is and and sort of circling back to the mellow thing we have to talk about mellow but him being the the poster child for this i think you need to bring in a guy that can play you know a a guy that actually can help and can give you minutes and a number of games not during the playoffs or anything like that you don't even want the guy to see the floor in the playoffs ideally but in the regular season is going to be part of your rotation is going to you know you're not going to crumble when some of your whether it's horford or the williams you know rob in particular with the health concerns obviously in particular tatum and brown maybe smart like a guy that can step in and just you're not going to panic when these guys have nights off they can give you serviceable minutes they can give you some points off the bench and it works like someone who's not you know Michael Finley or Stefan Marbury, you know, who you're, who you're bringing in for like this last NBA hurrah. Like it, it can be that this might be it for Mello, obviously, but a guy who can come in and give you something again to go full circle a la Gallo, Gary, like that's, that's what this team to me does need. And, and maybe Hauser can be that guy. I think you said it best and we've said it before. I think if they believed Hauser could be that guy, they never would have signed Gallo in the first place. So I don't really have faith that they think that Gallo is going to step in or Hauser is going to step in. In fact, be that maybe they'll luck out, but I I think they need to add that body. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think they need a vet and I'm looking at the list of, you know, the list of free agents. It's not a, Good list. It's not a strong yeah. Wayne Elling, Wayne Ellington, Jeremy Lamb, Blake Griffin, Andre Iguodala, uh, Ben McLemore, who I think got a training camp invite. We can, you know, we can talk about the great Tristan Thompson is still out there. Uh, Wasn't so great in the room for vibes. Exactly. Just really yeah. bad for vibes, man. <laughs> Lou Williams, who you know is is kind of just is winding down. Uh, you know, Ed Davis. Avery Bradley, they can bring him back. Like the, the list of free agents, all of them have yeah. a like, eh, well, you know, yeah. they're not exciting names anymore. Chris Dunn, Dwight Howard, Lance Stevenson, Paul Millsap, like everybody you talk about is got a butt to them. Yeah. And, you know, in, in addition, including obviously, especially, especially Mello, you know, uh, hey, Facundo Composa, who I who I think is I love that guy, but you know he's out there, the Argentinian point guard. I mean, yeah. you know, there's guys out there. You know, you, you want to sign Tony Snell? He's available. Like, you know, what I'm saying Tony like, Snell's most famous for not doing anything in the game where he played 25 minutes or whatever. Yeah. That's, no, that's, it's just nobody about nothing. That is yeah. that is the that is the, the marathon game. Heroes across the board. Look, I was excited about. Uh, you know, done last year. I hope that would actually work Rodney out. Rodney Hood. Never got know, the chance. Alfred Payton. Like, there's not 
every game, every guy out there has a, well, this previous stop, he sucked or he wasn't as good as advertised. So if you, it's to the point now, Gallo got hurt at a really bad time. Yeah. So I know the Celtics are like, listen, we just don't want to bring in a guy. We don't want to do the, you know, we don't want to just try to shoot for the stars and, or, you know, take a real sorry, shot in the dark and hope we hope someone where we don't have good confidence in them. But to me, I definitely think you need another body. You need a veteran. Um, this team lacks leadership. It lacks the, a veteran player. And that's what you do at the end of the bench. If you're a young team, you fill the end of the bench with a prospect. The Celtics have had enough damn prospects. They carried Taco and Tremont Waters for two years. They had to Jawan Morgans and Malik Fitz occupying NBA roster spots who weren't players at an NBA level. Mm-hmm. You know, it's time for them to fill their bench with players who have a use, have a purpose, whether it be they're a prospect, they're a veteran who can get minutes, or they're an old head who serves more of a leadership role who can also, like uh, you know Adam referred to, who can also play. You don't want a guy who can't move anymore. You don't want you know some guy preaching about professionalism to a guy. I mean, you know, I saw like a recent shot of Joe Johnson, man, he's ripped. Like he can talk and say, listen, I'm 41. I still wear your asses out from a three-on-three game. You know, three-on-three, half-court, I'll, I'll get you. You know, so at least have be able to still play the game. So I think this is perfect for Boston, but whatever, whoever in the organization, whether it's Brad and Ime or both, uh, you know, or, or Austin Ainge or Mike Zarin, someone just is like, eh, we're not good on them. Let's shout out our friends at Bet Online. Fastest, easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines. You can find reviews and news of every single lead uh, league. Make sure you do, including, of course, Major League Baseball. That regular season is winding down. Playoffs a few weeks away for Gary's Dodgers. So uh, keep an eye on them, division champs again. NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, golf, whatever it is you want to get into, Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information and futures, live betting, uh, all of it, in-game betting, props, futures, uh, I mentioned, you name it, NFL season's here, Patriots odds after that first loss in Miami and going into Pittsburgh, but they are favored, by the way, by a couple of points. Not uh, not as great. Pats are plus uh, 850 to win the AFC East, which that's not good. Uh, for all things NFL uh, betting, make sure you use betonline.ag. You can bet uh, division, conference, Super Bowl odds, obviously, the team that will score the most points. Whatever it is that you want to do, there's likely a line for it, so we make sure that you check that out. Uh, head online uh, to BetOnline today. Use your mobile device to join today. Make your first sports bet. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus and uh, bet online where the game starts. I want to talk more about our friends bet online though, guys, uh, as far as some of the Celtics odds, I was looking them up right before the show. So these are about as current as they get, depending on when you're listening. Celtics are the betting favorites to win the championship. It's been that way all summer long, even all around the Kevin Durant, Jalen Brown stuff. It has been the Boston Celtics plus 550 right now to win the title. The Warriors, the Bucks, they're both plus 700. To win the conference, the East, it's plus 275 for Boston. Bucks at plus 325. The Nets at plus 400. The Heat are plus 800. Uh, Over-under for the Seas for wins, if you want to check that out, 55 and a half. I, I bring all of that up, Gary, 
for this reason, what I actually thought, we don't have a ton of time left in this show, but what I thought was going to be our, our larger topic for this particular program, which is just how good are the seas? You know, we keep talking about them. We have been all, all summer long going back to the end of their, you know, finals experience that, that six game loss to Golden State. It's, you know, Celtics are the betting favorites. The Celtics are poised to get back there and represent the East again. And, and they added Malcolm Brogdon. And obviously at the time, Danil Gallinari, they're incredibly deep. They're incredibly healthy. Blah, 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 blah. All the stuff we've all said a thousand times, but how good and what's a pretty loaded Eastern conference. How good are the Boston Celtics? Are we selling anybody else short in this conversation? Oh, for sure. I mean, Milwaukee, um, we'll see what, what, what Philadelphia can do. Brooklyn, now that they got the band back together, will they be, you know, team dysfunction again? Or what is will Ben Simmons come back strong and Kyrie playing basically for his NBA career? Because another one of those like, uh, you know, out of out of your mind, you know, out of sight, out of mind years for Kyrie, and he's no longer a max player. Uh, so he's playing for money. So a lot of motivation there for him. Um, you know, Miami didn't do a whole lot. We'll see what's going on there. Uh, it's it's kind of curious that they, they kind of resigned guys, but they didn't bring really anybody in. I know they're in the Donovan Mitchell chase. And then, you know, Cleveland will be a, a sneaky team, obviously now with Mitchell and 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 some and some good young players there. Uh, it's just it's a it's a lot, you know. It's a lot of teams that can take you know the Celtics out. And I do think they're a very talented team, but things have to work out well. They okay, so I think we can assume Jaylen, Jason and Jalen will be good, but Jalen needs to work on his handle and free throws. Jason needs to get off to a better start. Marcus needs to be more consistent. Robert needs to stay healthy. Al hopefully can be more, a little bit more consistent after he went through a kind of a downstretch after he had a really good start. Um, you know, Peyton Pritchard needs to be that kind of knockdown shooter. Derek White needs to overall just be better. Like he was awful after game one of the finals. Like he was just non-existent. I expected more out of Derek White. He's making 17 million a year. They got to have more out of Derek White. Um, because now with Brogdon, you need Brogdon and White and Smart. You need all three of them. Like somebody ain't going to play. And it might be White. Brogdon, I think, it just needs to stay healthy. Everybody has an if. And I don't know if that makes for a championship team. You don't look at the Warriors and go, well, if Curry hits threes, he's going to hit threes. If Draymond plays D, he's going to play D. Clay was their only major question. Uh, entering last year, and he stepped up and eventually got his game together. So I think the Celtics have a lot of question marks. And I think the Gallo thing would have probably put them over the top. But I think the rest of the field, very strong, very strong. I mean, you know, I said, look at T. There's going to be a lot of sneaky teams. What's Atlanta going to be like with DeJounte Murray and, and Trey Young in that backcourt? Washington made some good improvements. You know, we just, you just don't know. Detroit, Detroit is drafted well. They're going to, you know, they might win 40 games. And it was like, they gave the Celtics hell last year for some reason. Yeah, I don't know they why. Always, yeah, they always give the Celtics hell. I mean, they, Detroit's going to win, could win 40 games this year. Uh, you know, you know, Indiana's going to be terrible. But, you know, but you look at the rest of the, rest of the Chicago, we don't know what to make of them. 
um, with like kind of Lonzo Ball still ailing. But the East is extremely competitive. And so the Celtics, they say that they're, oh, they're the favorites. That's really nice. And Vegas loved the Celtics. Like Vegas loved the Celtics all last year. It didn't work out. So I'm not all, oh, the Celtics are head and shoulders above the rest. No, if they had another really good player, I would say that. But they're running it back kind of with Malcolm now, right? That's kind of what they're doing. And they're hoping a full training camp for Derek White. You're hoping that Robert Williams stays healthy. You're hoping Al can dig back into the cocoon and play like a young man like he did most of last year. A lot of that is hope. All that ain't going to work out just by by chance, by happenstance. So I think that they need another body. And I think, hey, when the trade deadline comes or we'll see what happens, there might be somebody coming along. You know, they blew that trade exception. I still can't get over that $17 million, Just let – fly away with the Evan Fournier thing, but I think that they're good. I think they're very good and they should come back with a, like F every F the world, F everybody. We come in and we beaten heads in from game one, not this, you know, six and eight start. Nope. Mm-hmm. We're, we're knocking dudes out. We're Mike Tyson in 1988. We are t- taking fools out. That's how you got to start. Not 19, 18 and 21 and easing into the season. Nope, they should be really mad starting October 2nd at first. They should be pissed, pissed about losing. Jason should be embarrassed about his performance in the finals. Jalen should be pissed about being on the trade block. All Everybody got to be pissed about something. I was going to say, not, not Mike Tyson sitting in the box with Robert Kraft in Miami, Mike Tyson. No. Right. Mike Tyson. Mike, Mike. 88 Mike Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, let me – I, I, just so we don't, because maybe like it, maybe next week or week after, at some point, you know, we we can do the like what could sink the Celtics show. Let's not worry about that because you just outlined a, a litany of things, obviously, that could sink this team. What makes it go right? What makes this team, you know, what what this season is is sort of the the secret sauce to success that does take them back to a championship round and even potentially over the top to banner eighteen. I think a natural maturity in learning from last year that. You guys are good, and you're getting, you know, Jason's getting his commercials, Jalen's getting his respect, Marcus got Defensive Player of the Year, but y'all still ended up without a chip. Draymond was still talking, talking mess in your face. So that has to motivate them. That has to make them mad. That has to make them extra competitive in camp. That has to make guys hungry. I think that natural progression is what will make things work right. Because let's hope Tatum. You know, Tatum's been to weddings and white parties and all that. Let's hope he is <laughs> in the lab working on that left hand because the Warriors said, make him drive left. That was their plan. It worked out. So Tatum now has a definitive, definitive weakness. Let him make him go left. And that was what, you know, what won the series for Golden State, what made Wiggins such an effective defender. Let's see if. Jason's been in the lab. Let's see what Jalen has to say. But that natural progression, Adam, of being humiliated in a sense in that series, losing three games in a row, when you had a chance to go up 3-1, you know, letting go that fourth quarter, that horrible fourth quarter of game five when you played such a good third quarter and then just letting go of the rope. And then, you know, like things like that. You got to watch. It's up to them to watch tape. 
Why, you know, just look at what you did and that should motivate you to be better. So to me, natural progression and also the presence of Brogdon to give them a better ball handler and better fourth quarter offense. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with most of that. I mean, I, I think if Boston ends up at the top of the Eastern Conference, which is possible, I mean, they don't have the best player in the conference that belongs to Giannis. Um, and there's nothing that Tatum could do at this particular moment that would, in my eyes, make him a, a better player than Giannis. But if you look at some of the stuff last year towards the end of the year, this comes to the B-ball index. Um, in terms of percentile, uh, Tatum in the 80th percentile of passing efficiency, 87th percentile of passing versatility, 94th percentile in passing uh, creation quality, 94th percentile in box creation, 100th percentile in scoring gravity, 96th percentile in, in playmaking talent. He's got to take a step up in terms of being a better playmaker and, and, and getting his guys involved more. I think as you got towards the end of the year and the playoffs, I was just really impressed. And people, I, I fought with people tooth and nail on this. I was really impressed with how much growth we had seen out of Jason Tatum as a ball handler, as a playmaker and getting guys involved. You know, a lot of times he would see two and he's going to see two of the rest of his life. I mean, that's just the way it's going to go, especially in playoffs. There are going to be two guys coming your way all the time. And you got to be able to make quick decisions out of that because the quicker you attack, the better shot you're going to get. And I thought he learned a little bit of that going against a, a, a bunch of really tough defenses. I mean, uh, say what you want about the strategy of, of, of Budenholzer in, in Milwaukee, but they have some really tough individual defenders on that team, and they made things hard for Tatum. You go to Miami. Miami has a whole bunch of defenses they're going to throw at you, a very good defensive team, very smart team, um, and a team that understands that maybe Jalen and Jason are the best ball handlers in the world, and we have to get in their airspace and make them uncomfortable as they dribble. Obviously, Golden State watched that and just made it even harder for Jalen and Jason to dribble. So if, if to me, Boston takes a step forward in and claims Eastern Conference dominance – by Jason becoming a better playmaker and Jalen taking a step up in that category as well. I think both of those guys, um, the finals, as Gary alluded to, they should be pissed. They should be very angry that they were embarrassed in those games. I mean, really embarrassing stuff. And I'm not, I'm not here to pile on Tatum. I thought he was tremendous. I thought he ran out of gas. And Jalen, if you put a gun to most people's heads, was the best player on the seas in the NBA finals. So it's not like those guys sure. take ginormous steps up but if they take steps forward um and you know start a little hotter um yeah i think this team could win the eastern conference i don't think it's set in stone i think they are not the best team in the eastern conference right now because i think Giannis, his ability to drop 45 points whenever he wants to you're just not going to beat that but i think if they they've just not tweak but just get better at just a few things that and their new depth with brogdon i think will pan out huge um, there is a path to number one seed in the East. They're on that path. It's just a couple of breaks here and there that will make it. And, you know, it's going to come down to everybody. It's going to come down to health as it is all the time. But, you know, Tatum is very close to being, um, I would say, a perennial all-NBA candidate. I think he is, but, you know, the NBA is weird every year. Um, you know, if he can lock himself into a top 10, top seven NBA player Brown, not too far behind him in top 15, top 20, you know, you, you'll have enough pieces around him. I think it's just a matter of, of a few things. And I think this team is very dangerous. I think um, the Eastern conference, Gary, we, we talked about a bunch of stuff. Cleveland's going to be a lot harder and they're going to be a, a pain in the ass defensively. 
with having Mobley and Garrett Al- uh, 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 Jared Allen, excuse me, Garrett, geez, Jared Allen in the middle to block a lot of shots at the rim is going to be really tough. Um, that's a fun team. But I, I think the competitiveness of the East will bring the best out of these guys, though, because you're not going to be able to take nights off. You're just not. You're not going to be able to take nights off against teams that you've probably done it in the past against. Like Cleveland is no joke now. Uh, Atlanta is no joke now. Um, you know, even a team like Washington, you know, Orlando getting Paolo Bancaro like that. These there's not a lot of cakewalks in the Eastern Conference anymore. There's just not. So if you don't bring it every night, you're going to get your teeth kicked in. And I think that motivation enough should be um, should be enough to, to get this team refocused and re-energized and, and towards the top of the East. It's just going to matter in terms of health at the end of the day, you know, who finishes on top. Um, but as Boston proved this past postseason, you know, this team can go on the road and win some tough games. Um, that's not out of the question for them. So seeding always matters. Um, but getting into the top two would be ideal for Boston at this point. I think it's totally possible. So Gary, we can close with this over the last couple of minutes, just to sort of put a bow on everything that we're talking about. I think that, I just think, you know, we, we forget or we undervalue sometimes circumstance, right? You know, this, if, Think about how different this conversation, a summer's worth of conversations would be, you know, if the Bucks had a healthy Chris Middleton. There's a real good chance Boston goes down in round two. Now, maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe the Celtics do win that series. But it's certainly not beyond comprehension that the Celtics bow out to the Bucks in round two. And then we're sitting here today and Jalen Brown's probably a Brooklyn net. You know, Kevin Durant is here in Boston. Like there, there's a trickle down, you know, by by one, you know, good all-star level players injury that could have changed the entire thing could have sent the whole, the whole thing sideways for better or worse depends on your perspective out there obviously but i think now we are where we are you've like there's there are certain the celtics are opening with certain things that they didn't have last year when they still advanced to the nba finals they now they there's there's already you know, buy into the system and buy into the de- defense and buy into EMA and, you know, that much higher level of trust in one another. And they've added to the depth, obviously, in Brogdon. And, you know, maybe toward the end of the year, you do get Gallo back or whatever shell of himself he is at that point coming off the injury, you know, for he can give you a little something toward the end of the regular season in theory, or they do go out and they add somebody via a smaller trade. <laughs> or a mellow, or, you know, there's an emergence of Hauser or whatever. He may, you know, believes in Peyton Pritchard now more so than he, you know, buried him the first half of the year on the bench and you never saw him. Like there's, there's just a lot of stuff now that you do have that you didn't have one year ago. But I think, and it's kind of a cop-out answer, I'll admit, but because of all of that, I believe that, and this is like the, the great unknown every team every year, but if this team is healthy, you know, come playoff time, if it is healthy, if it doesn't have that significant injury that it seems like annually they do, but didn't last year because Rob came back and and guys gutted through stuff. If they are mostly, you know, their important players are healthy for a stretch run and a, and a deep playoff run. I think they'll be right there, Gary. I really do. I think the talent is there and, and they have the experience. We're not going to have that whole entering the NBA finals. The Warriors collectively have, you know, 1 billion games of NBA finals experience and the Celtics have zero, like none of that is a thing anymore. It's, you know, now it's, 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 it's a carryover year that I think is just so incredibly important if your guys are available. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that if they do what they're supposed to do and they remain healthy 
and they fit into, you know, get, get mesh into EMA's system earlier. And I think now they were one of the best defensive teams in the league that should continue with the addition of Brogdon. Uh, everybody goes in healthy. There's no, you know, Tatum isn't coming off the Olympics. You know, there, there's a lot of Jalen's not coming off, you know, wrist surgery the year mm-hmm. before. Like it, it's all lining up, Adam. It's all lining up. But one, there's going to be a team or two that are going to be much better than we expected, or just going to, it could be the Nets, you know, it could be Milwaukee. It could be Philadelphia. It could, there's going to be a team that's going to be like, hey, stop, stop the presses. We're here and we're taking what the Celtics have because now the Celtics are the big dog. They're the targets. They won the East, right? Um, say what you want about, you know, if Jimmy Butler, you know, our narrative is different. Adam, you talk about middle injury. If Jimmy Butler hits that pull-up three, Evan, I mean, uh, in game seven, it's yep. like, we have total disaster, total disaster, total mayhem. Like the team is probably getting blown up if yep. they lost that game. So, you know, as much as we talk about the Middleton injury, we talk about Jimmy deciding to shoot for it all and taking that pull-up three. Um, and, and they got through that. So now – no more of these rookie mistakes and experience, like you said, is out the window. Jason and Jalen are no longer kids. You know, as much as like Tatum is still young, he's 24, but his idol, Kobe Bryant, had three freaking titles by the time he was 24. Hmm. So, like, it's time for Jason. You know, what's Jason going to oh, I'll wait till I'm 27. No, 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 man. You've been this year, sixth year in the league now. It's time for you and Jalen to, and you guys are good to to take this thing over and and take it take it home. It's the pressure's on them, um, the pressure's on Ime, the pressure's on the bench, the pressure's on. So let's see how they deal with it. But like you said, if everything works out, barring injury, barring you know something unforeseen and unfortunate happening to them, they should prevail because. The Bucs didn't do much. I mean, they signed Joe Inglis, like they re-signed Connaughton, they re-signed Bobby Portis, but the Bucs are running, kind of running it back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Sixers, we don't know what to make of Harden. Uh, you know, Embiid's going to be Embiid. They signed Montrezl Harrell. They got tougher, P.J. Tucker. But is that going to mean, are they going to you know win the East? Is that enough to win the East? Brooklyn, we don't know what's going to happen there. You know, Cleveland, I think, uh, might be a year away, but it could be now. So everybody has some question marks, including the Celtics, but the Celtics have the least question marks. And so if everything works out and they come up with their might, because I think it's up here for them, it's not physical, they should take it. Like Robert Williams, let's hope he comes to camp in tremendous shape and all his extremities are, you know, fine. He's, oh, you know, over the knee surge, over the knee stuff. So, you know, he doesn't get a hip edema, like all these little things that happen. Like hopefully he went to Duke University and got a complete checkup and is clean. And it's like, okay, Robert, you ready to play who? Because we haven't heard much about his recovery because obviously he wasn't healthy, but like everything, Al, like everything, if everybody comes back, there's no reason why they shouldn't win it. The show here is powered by our friends at betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. 
And uh, of course, our good friend Gary Washburn here from the Boston Globe and uh, the A-List podcast as well with Sherrod and Kwani. Anything big that you want to promote? Anything special you guys have going on on the show this week or next? We'll just be obviously playing up uh, the season's coming and training camp starts uh, about 10 days. So we're just, you know, we're going to give you all the best and, you know, most Celtics coverage. And I said at the Globe, where I work and obviously in, in, in the podcast. So it's a it's a lot of fun, and we'll start having more special guests as the season approaches. So, yeah, uh, lots to lots to look forward to. Excellent, Ev. Always a pleasure, my friend. And you didn't uh, miss we, anything. It looks like I'm going through Twitter. I don't think scanning, the, the annual uh, or you didn't the, miss uh, any the, news the yet. Week, so we're good. Yeah, every week, check Twitter at the very end of the show. I, make I sure do this and blows it's, everything up. Just check it. Just make yeah, it. Gary. You have any 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 news you want to break that that you're not like waiting to put out two hours from now? Oh no, no breaking news. <laughs> if I did, I'd tell you, but no breaking news. I mean, I got an email like, you're not writing enough about the Celtics. I'm like, one, it's two to four training camp. What do you want me to write? Yeah. Two, there's not a lot going on. Man. You know, you want training camp invite stuff? Okay. You know, they're not trading for Durant. So sorry. There's not a lot going on right now. We got some fun stuff coming up uh, throughout this season as well that we're excited to tell you about once we jump into it, but uh, we'll save that for a future show. It's been fun. Thanks for being with us, obviously. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. I wait to tell you until the end. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks.